Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have a really awesome, interesting story. Um, a mother, Angela, is on the other line, and she was on a podcast uh, quite some time ago talking about their son, but was more kind of closed about her, um, why your, their story about their son and, and their story. And now she's on today to kind of talk about what's changed. So what's going on? Hey, Ryan, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Glad Good. to, glad to finally get you on the podcast again and, and talk about what's changed. Yeah, it's good to reconnect. So when we talked the last time, um, you asked me about, you know, like, who knows and how much have you talked about it? And I said, oh, well, we keep it to ourselves. Do like family know, close friends know, but we're not making a big deal out of it. And I, at that time, felt that this is Adam's story to tell. And so I didn't want to call attention to something that is is his business, um, and have him get older and say, "Hey, mom, why did you, you know, tell everybody this? This is this is my deal. I don't want people to know." But your point was, you know, up until the point when he can agree to being open about this or even know that he has it, how many lives could you change by being open about his diagnosis? And so that was a pretty big um, moment for me, something for me to think about. And I'm on a parent's XXY page, and I have had probably two to three dozen conversations or taken part in conversations uh, with pregnant moms or with moms who have just gotten the diagnosis, Um, part of a, a chorus of of xxy moms telling these new moms that everything is going to be fine and that there's nothing to worry about answering questions telling you know telling our story talking about our experiences and our experiences are all basically you know they add up to normal child normal childhood there's nothing to worry about and then i have private messaged multiple mom again to tell my story and assure them and a few of them to specifically uh, try to dissuade them from termination and um, termination is something that was never openly discussed but was insinuated by maternal fetal medicine specialists and by uh, the genetic counselor that we saw, um, they kept saying, well, you know, you, sh- you need to have the amnio by 16 weeks because that's when, you know, you'll need to make a decision. And I knew what decision they were referring to. And that was, that was never a choice for us. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I can't imagine under what circumstances we would make that choice, but it, it just wasn't on the menu at all. And now that we know our son and have met our son, the idea that it would even be suggested that this is a condition worth terminating over that you can't manage um, is just, it's a devastating thought. Um, because you, this is, 
a perfect child. Do you know why they like insinuated? Do you know that if, did they say anything about what their understanding of Kleinfelter syndrome was to you or, or was it just like a, you just got I, I think they honestly don't know what they're talking about because the, I mean, the genetic counselor spoke basically about what you would read on Google. Um, as did my OBGYN, um, the maternal fetal medicine guy, I don't recall him talking about any specific issues that we would face. He just sort of, you know, did the ultrasound and, and said what I, what I already told you that, you know, you'll want to do an amnio by 16 weeks if you're going to do an amnio, cause that's when you're going to need to make a decision. But I think that the medical community is woefully unprepared for these moments with mothers. Um, and I think that they are woefully uneducated and uninformed about Kleinfelter. So um, I've, I've made it my little tiny mission with the doctors that we've encountered to educate them. Um, and, uh, you know, that's made me feel a little bit better. But in terms of making kind of a bigger difference, I hadn't done much. And I decided that, you know, I can talk to these women privately and I can, you know, talk to doctors individually, but there are ways that I can make a bigger difference. And I just, I knew there was more I could do. And I knew in my heart that I'd rather ask Adam for forgiveness later on and say, look how many lives we've we've changed than to keep it to myself and wonder what I could have done. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's so powerful. It's so, it's, I don't, I don't have words. It's so awesome to see. (laughs) It's just so awesome to see you come to me and and say, Hey, I want to do a podcast about, you know, the fact that we're open about Adam's diagnosis now. Um, and more, I just, what, so once you, once you started opening up those venues and, and what, what kind of support, what came your way? Like, did, were you educating more family, more friends, other people? Like, what was the feedback? Well, the first thing that I did was donate my birthday fundraiser on Facebook to, to, um, living with XXY and you Ryan and what is now your, nonprofit um, made an enormous difference for me and for my husband and for our family when we were pregnant. You were the first um, resource that we found that was positive and um, that showed us what Kleinfelter looks like, um, what life with XXY looks like, and how happy and healthy and successful a young man with XXY can be. And that was my big thing. Like, I just didn't want a kid that was going to be too different, that he'd be ostracized or strange looking or unable to um, learn or be successful. And honestly, when you look at Google and the things that my OBGYN told me, that was, that's what I thought I was going to get was a kid that 
may or may not graduate from high school. You know, I mean, I just, it was a dark, dark picture and it was scary. And, um, and my big deal was that I didn't want a child that would be teased. And then I found your videos and here's this handsome guy who's so fun and articulate and happy and goes to the beach and knows how to cook and is so bright and fun. And I thought, all right, my kid's going to be fine. And so um, you and your nonprofit are close to my heart. And so I, I made my birthday fundraiser for you guys. And I don't think anybody even asked any questions. Just my family and, and close friends and several of my colleagues were incredibly generous. And, um, and so that was great. And then, um, then I uh, <laughs> kind of fallen down the TikTok rabbit hole, like a lot of people, um, especially in the last year of, of pandemic and not going out as much. And I um, noticed so many videos about different um, childhood diseases or syndromes or whatever differences. Um, a lot of people making content that was about bringing awareness to different things that nobody had heard of. And that felt like a safe space to me. And so this was literally like a week ago that I was like, you know, I could do some stuff on here. And then I'm not like feeding it to, you know, because you, you have tons of friends on Facebook that aren't like really friends or like acquaintances. And maybe you don't want to reveal your children's diagnosis to them. But TikTok is just a bunch of strangers. So as long as I don't get, you know, mean comments, I think I can manage it. Um, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just, you know, I have to, my stepdaughter has been at her mom's for a couple of weeks. I have to wait for her to get home so she can show me how to actually do things. <laughs> I need a teenager to show me how to work TikTok. But um, I've just made a couple videos and, and I've gotten... I don't know, four or 500 views on some of them. And hey, that's four or 500 people that learned something. I don't know how to get it to 15,000 or whatever, but you know, it'll happen. My stepdaughter can help with that too. <laughs> it'll happen. It just takes time. It takes the right people to see the right content to people to be moved or impacted by something and, and to, to just push on to, to learn more about something. And mm-hmm. it's, what was, you know, when, when we did our first podcast, what were some of, I know that a lot of families will say exactly what you said about it's their son's story to share. And that w- that's always my question to everybody is if you're going to wait 13 years or 20 years, what is the impact that you think you could make if you were to open up and, and embrace it? And in, in a way, I look back on Kleinfelder syndrome. I never Googled it until I was 31 years old. Like, Mm-hmm. I never looked at the dis. I never. I guess I just never lived life looking at the disadvantages of Klinefelderson. I didn't know what the disadvantages are really when you think about it. Um, other than you I knew, were just doing your thing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. know what sensory mm-hmm. processing disorder was or anxiety or depression. On when you really like Google, I've only learned all those clinical terms by googling them for research purposes in the last four years. So it's. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. I, and, you know, you say, like, you don't want your son to be teased. I was, but I mean, I'll, I'll come out at some point and, and talk about the bullying situation on, on a, you know, in a different limelight. But 
Um, I was teased and I was bullied, but it wasn't because of XXY. I mean, maybe it was some of the traits. I was tall, but I was mm-hmm. taller than everybody else. But guess what? There's kids that get bullied. There's kids that don't. And I'm so glad I was. Like, I wouldn't, ch- I, I wouldn't change going back and say I don't want to be bullied because it made me the person I am today. And yeah, so, same. yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it, there, everything happens for a reason in that aspect. So what, what was the turning point, I guess, you know, like, was it just lots of thinking about your Adam could save lives being, how old is he now? Two, so 25 months. He's already saving lives mm-hmm. at two. Mm-hmm. And when, when you guys go to tell him, he will have this, and when you tell him that all the lives that you've saved or helped or changed, he will have this like incredible impact to be proud of. Right. Well, and that's not even something that had occurred to me until you and I were messaging and you said that think of all the lives that he can save. And I, that just, that just hit me because I, I hadn't thought of that, which is silly because I've had all these conversations about, you know, not terminating these pregnancies but when you put it out there for more people to see then yeah maybe somebody that's pregnant or knows somebody that's pregnant will see a video on tiktok and think oh my gosh what a cute kid what a happy kid what a normal kid and you know back to the bullying and and to the differences that you've experienced in in your own person those are things that happen to everybody. I mean, so many, I don't know who wasn't bullied and maybe the super popular kids and let's see how they're doing now. I don't know. know? (laughs) I mean, I, I was teased. I had a back brace and I had teeth braces and I had glasses and I played the violin. Like I had so many strikes against me. I was teased constantly I was very shy and, you know, and I don't have a diagnosis and then anxiety and depression and, um, you know, the things that go along with low muscle tone or motor, motor planning issues. Those are things that can affect any child, dyslexia, dysgraphia, any child. And I have so many friends whose kids have learning plans at school who they know there's something going on, but they don't have a diagnosis. So many families that are advocating for their children, that are making sure that their children have the best resources and the best path, and they don't have a diagnosis. This diagnosis is just, honestly, in, in my mind, and I hope this isn't offensive, it's just a word. It's, it's nothing. It doesn't define you. It doesn't, um, you don't. I don't look at my son and, and see client filter. I look at my son and I see an individual and that's how I want him to move through life. And that's how I want people to see him. And so, yes, I'm doing hashtag, you know, XXY hashtag X man, all of that. Yes. I'm labeling my TikToks that way, but what you are seeing is a video of a happy, healthy super smart, super cute, just beautiful soul. And if, if that's the, the message that I can get out, then I've, I've done my job. And what makes it easier as well is, you know, 
I, I know the, the constant questions, right? The, the new moms, there's, there's the constant, maybe five or 10 questions that are the same questions that every single mom asks. And it's almost like you're on repeat. Like you, it's <laughs> almost like you need to have like a copy paste message, but you want it to be authentic <laughs> yeah. and real. So you don't and personal. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of hard to like make that, you know, cause I experienced the same thing from moms, from, from everyone. And, and it's, it's putting yourself out there in the visual form. No one really mm-hmm. sees the visual, right? And I, from the moment that I started living with XXY, I focused on like you, when you Google it, you see all these black strips through people's eyes, all these images through, you know, some people do have Kleinfelter syndrome and they do look like that, but some people don't. And I read a statistic about like 35% of people with Kleinfelter syndrome have gladicomastia, but then what about the other 65%? So you know, when you, when you look at the the photo on Google that everyone knows that the person with his glasses, with his hands on his hips yes. in his bedroom, like I, I'm, I'm going to change that. It's going to happen. It's going to just take time. And by time it takes our community to come out and come out of the shadows, come into exactly. the, come into the light because we need numbers. We need yeah. thousands of people saying, this is, this is me. I have Kleinfelder syndrome. Like it doesn't define you, but it also is part of us. It's part of our mm-hmm. DNA and we can't change it. And right. I don't want to change it. It's I've, I've noticed by meeting 500 men and boys and kids with Kleinfelder syndrome in person that all of us have like some really unique connection to not only the earth, but also to each other. So it's a really cool, like bonding experience that you can get together with a group of guys you don't know and you have so many commonalities and how you think and how you learn and all these mm-hmm. other cool things. I have a question. Is your yeah. son an observer? Uh, yes, he is. He um, takes things in. He loves to figure out how things work. Um, taking things apart, putting them back together. Um he has a puzzle that makes sounds and instead of putting the pieces in to make the sound, he figured out that there's a, a, like the teeniest, tiniest little button inside the shape that makes the sound. And he just pushes that instead of going to the trouble of doing the puzzle, he pushes that, uh, how he figured that out, you know, that little, and that was like before he was one that he figured that out. Um, but he, and he's also just like very into, um, how people are doing, how they're feeling. If, um, if my five-year-old daughter, his sister is crying, he kind of, he just, he just kind of stares. He watches her and yes, observes her. Um, he's very, um, I would say he's very sensitive. Oh yeah. Empathetic. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy that I asked that question because I've started asking all these moms that because I look back on my life. I talked to all these guys and, and we learn by doing. And if we watch people do something and, and we watch them physically do it, then we can, that's how we like learn to do it ourselves. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and then I started asking all these new moms. I'm like, you're one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old. Are they observers? And every single one says yes. And everyone, every yes. single one says exactly what you said. They figure out things that other people like adults don't even know or yeah like your son with the where it makes the noise from he just he learned to like figure it out and at two and a half he's figuring that stuff out I mean yeah our brains where is he gonna go and what's he gonna do exactly and like our brains aren't geared and one of the things I've learned is you know everyone all these studies that have like um 
are like they're studying like X, X, Y versus X, Y. Like they're comparing us to a population that we don't even compare to because our brains just think and do things completely differently. So you can't, you can't say that our IQ is lower or that we're not as smart. We might have trouble more like learning language and stuff like that. But when you, you know, when you find, I went to kind of, you could say I went to a trade school. I went to become a chef and I was a chef Mm -hmm. for 10 years. And you know, all of these boys could do extremely well in, in some type of trade school that they're into. And who's to say that, you know, trade school isn't as good as college, right? Like, right. So I think that's a big fear too, is, you know, I'm just, I'm so glad to be talking with you and and hearing your experience. Cause I really think that by you coming forward, it's, it's really vulnerable. It's really hard. It's courageous. But once one mom comes forward and other moms listen to this, they'll then come forward. And the more that our community can come out of the shadows and into that light, yes, it's vulnerable, but we're going to make like, my dream is to have Kleinfelter syndrome up on the map with down syndrome and autism. Like why can't it be there amongst the three of chromosome conditions? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't it be just as well known and just as well funded as, as those two other conditions? And, It'll, right. it'll happen. It just requires, you know, lots of moms like you and guys to come out of that, that shadow and, and take that big leap. Well, and you had, you shared one of my TikToks on Instagram and one of your moms commented that they had been basically afraid to come out for seven years and that this made her kind of rethink that. So maybe that's one family that we made a difference with. And all it takes is one, right? Like all it takes is one. Yeah. And then she can get one and that person can get one. It's just, and you know, Ryan, the other thing is that I just look at him and I think every mother can relate to this, that we fall in love with them a little more each day. Some days you you don't like them so much, but he is like 100% terrible twos right now. And so anybody that, makes you think that you're not going to have a normal child with Kleinfelter. They are normal. He is all, all in on the tantrums and, you know, wanting what he wants when he wants it. He is completely on point with his developmental behaviors. So, but um, what I was going to say is that I do um, just fall in love with him more every day. And I feel such a, deep, deep pride in him and who he is. And that's, I mean, that's part of why I've come forward too, because when I tell friends about him or we'll have people over for dinner or whatever, and, and I'll just, I'll just tell them. And it's not like a big reveal or like, Oh, I've had a lot to drink and I'm going to tell them this horrible secret. I just tell them because they're shocked because they look at him and he's just awesome. And they go, wow, I can't, you know, I can't believe that. I would have never known. Well, no, you wouldn't. You would never know. But now you do. And if you hear about it again, then you can say, oh, yeah, I know a kid with XXY and he's amazing. Yeah, that's that, you know, it's power in numbers. And and I've from the get go of this, my my idea was it's kind of like a revolving door is like the more that you open 
up about your child's condition or about the, your condition, the more people that you educate, the more people that they potentially know or meet that could have it, then they can relate all those other horrible stories or, or other back to you and be like, Oh, I met someone that's awesome. Or someone that's kind, caring, empath- empathetic, good looking, whatever it may be. And then the more people that know about it, the more people want to donate to help. And mm-hmm. some people can't help by donating, like helping with their time or volunteering. Some people can help monetarily and they can give to a nonprofit and then we can then take that money and give back to our community. And it just revolves. It just, it's just that door that keeps coming around and, and everything that our community gives us, we then take back and we, we find new stories to share, new research, whatever, wherever this journey is going to take us. And it just helps us basically find instead of comparing us and saying and looking at all the bad and horrible information online we're able to then i'm i'm living with xxy so like i i want to do research that what can we do what are the positives that we do offer and how can then we can use those positives so your son when he's going through high school he knows his learning style and he can be like okay electrician plumber or nuclear physicist whatever it may be well it'll benefit him so then he can find a trade that he's passionate about that he's not going to go to college just to get a degree to get one and then never use it like he'll Mm -hmm. and he'll be in a trade or 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 college that he's you know and doing something that he's extremely passionate about and that he believes in himself and at the end of the day it's the one biggest thing that i say is it's all about acceptance right like so when you guys found out the diagnosis, it was a really horrible kind of experience of you're going to keep your kid regardless, but these people, these medical staff are offering you like kind of, Hey, the dates are coming up on, but they're not, you know, they're, they're kind of giving you that endowendo. And, um, it's, you know, it, I just lost my train of thought. That was weird. Um, it no, happens. they were, yeah, totally giving us the innuendo that this is something that we might want to get out of. Yeah. And and here you are, you've got this amazing, beautiful kid that's changing your life. And and that's also changing other kids' lives. And how cool would it be when your son's 16 or 17 to meet those kids that actually he was able to like, so there's, there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, and I think knowledge is power and having this knowledge about himself, as you were saying, will only benefit him. Um, understanding his own learning styles and you know the reason behind them but the potential reason behind them um is only going to benefit him but and the other thing is that i i don't want moms to have the pregnancy that i had that is just fraught with worry and and denial because because we never did the amnio so we we had like you know, we were flagged with a 66% chance or something like that. And so, you know, I was like negotiating with God constantly, like, you know, if you make him non-sign filter, then I'll, you know, do community service, I'll give money to the church, whatever, whatever, you know, just bargaining and, and just desperately wanting him to not be what he wound up being. And what the heck did I know? that what he wound up being is so amazing and so you know it's just I think of all the energy that I wasted wishing it away um 
and the sadness that I carried with me for all those months. And literally the second he was born, it was gone. Gone. It was gone. Gone. That's what I every, couldn't care less. That's what, what every mother says. That, yeah. that, that's what every mom says. They don't see it. They don't, they don't look at it. The fathers are the same way. They just, just say your it's your baby. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't, and, it doesn't come up for a while until you go to those appointments. You, right. And we did the karyotype test to confirm. And the pediatrician that did the karyotype test called me after maybe three or four days and told me that he did in fact have climb filter. And I did cry, but then it was over. I mean, I, honestly, I told myself I'm going to let myself have a pity party for a little while and then I'm going to be done. And that's what I did. I pity partied maybe for an hour and then I got on a phone and I started making calls to Denver, to Baltimore, getting in touch with the specialists. Let's have a plan. And um, we do and we're in good hands. We have great people supporting us and you know, I mean, honestly, it's the same thing we do for a 14-year-old. It's the same thing we do for our five-year-old. Where does this child need support? Where's the best place that we can seek that support and go from there? So there's, it's, it's the same thing. So, same thing, different kids. So I was, I, I remember my train of thought was it was about acceptance. And, and then you ta- you were actually mentioning about denial. So I'm curious, when did your acceptance of your son having Kleinfelder syndrome, when did that acceptance like become a hundred percent where you were like, I'm fully on board with his diagnosis and I fully accept him for who he is. And like, when, when did that come? Did it come after you opened up or was it before? Um, I would say it came a hundred percent in the last couple of months as I've opened up, maybe last six months as I've opened up about it. And how, um, how has that felt as far as being like a hundred percent, like not like that worry kind of, of, of it? How does like it a, feel? It's like a weight is lifted. You know, you're not carrying this thing around that's, it's not quite shame, but it's like something that you're hiding and you're afraid of sharing. And you, I, I can't even describe it. It's like, when I thought of sending him to preschool, I was thinking, am I going to tell his teachers? Should I tell his teachers? And somebody on one of the mom's Facebook pages just asked about this. Do you tell your, your preschool teachers about the diagnosis? And, and honestly, I tell people because then they're, they learn something. They, they learn it. They find out what it is. They see a beautiful child and they know that they have this XXY. And then I can say, I can also say, we've noticed that he needs support in the following area, or we've noticed that he has the following gifts. And then they can go from there as experts in their field of, of early childhood education. Um, but it, I mean, fully accepting the diagnosis really truly happened in the last six months, but I would say I was 98% there from the moment I met him. Well, that, that's it just, good. I mean, I just hadn't gotten there with talking about it. And, and you were the one that gave me the little, the little push. Well, that's cool. I didn't know I gave you the push. <laughs> I just, I, I guess I just have this, this idea in my head before I started living with XXY. I just saw the end. I saw the end of the tunnel. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel before going <laughs> through the tunnel. And I've got a, a nice big old headlamp and I just want you know there's tons of bumps along the way and 
And I started out doing it alone. And as I've walked through the tunnel, more and more people have brought in their headlamps to, you know, make it yeah. brighter. And that's kind of like the analogy that I've, I've used of this nonprofit is, you know, eventually we want to have the thousands of people, you know, walking through that dark tunnel with us and, you know, educating their family and friends. And, you know, when we talk about acceptance, right? Like I figured it out that acceptance is the the number one key to Kleinfelder syndrome, because you, if you accept it a hundred percent, then when you go to tell your son, when he's six, seven, eight, nine, whatever, whatever age you guys start to decide to tell him, right? And one thing mm-hmm. that I love that you just said to about teachers is that you said, yeah, he needs a little help this, but then these are his gifts. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're not only just sharing with teachers about like what he needs help with, but you're like, these are the situations that he's actually got gifts and really good at. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a really positive thing to give to teachers. And I, encourage more families to to kind of say those things as well but it's acceptance is when you accept it then when you are when your son is old enough to understand whatever you want to describe to him you're then transferring that acceptance to him because he's the one that's going to have to live with it and and learn about fertility and learn about you know testosterone and all these other things that he's good at what he needs extra help with and if he can accept it at a young age of like, yeah, this is me. This is who I am. And and I don't know anything different. So why should I try to be someone different? Mm-hmm. Then when he can carry that through his life and he won't have, he'll still have challenges, but he won't have that. I need to live a double life or this. I, don't, I right. hate being this way. I wish I was never born, like all these things. And I've met a lot of older guys that have never accepted it of who they are. And mm-hmm. I've met a lot of guys now that have said living with XXY has helped them change that of understanding like who they actually are and it's okay to be that person. And that's really powerful. And I think, you know, the more parents that can fully accept it, you're going to be transferring that acceptance to your child at some point. He is going to grow up whether you want him to or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's the truth. And I, I sort of equate it. This might be a silly parallel to draw, but to, to revealing to your child that they're adopted like, I don't want it to be this big moment where we sit him down and, you know, drop this bomb on him. I think it's better if we can find a way to work it in naturally throughout his life. I mean, at some point, he's going to wonder, why do I fly to Denver twice a year? Why do I fly to Baltimore once a year to see these doctors? You know, well, you're going to have to tell him. Yeah. Like, so yep. Or why does that? Sorry, go ahead. I just think the, the less of a bomb it is that's dropped the better if it's just like you said part of part of who you are and and we go to these people because they know a lot more than we do to make sure that you're supported where you need support yeah you use a good analogy one of the one of the analogies i use i think it's more direct and it's a little bit more we all know um it's like the birds and the bees talk that our parents you know (laughs) we learn it in like sixth grade but our, our parents try to teach, teach it to us and we all know it's coming and we're like, no, 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 like avoid it at all costs. We, uh-huh. we, we, none of us want to have that awkward. And when you become, I'm not a parent, but when you become a parent, you're like, oh gosh, when do we have to have that conversation with our, our kids? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like that whole awkwardness doesn't need to happen. Like it, Mm-mm. it can be taught gradually. It, you know, it doesn't need to be a bomb dropped all at once. And exactly. And, uh, it's something to be proud of, you know, and, and I think 
it's, I guess that's why I'm here is just to help people with perspective of, Hey, you know, here's another option or this is how many lives, how many lives could your son save or, or help? And even though he's only two and a half, so that's really cool. I'm really proud of you. I'm really, it, it's amazing to, I think you're the first that's really come forward publicly to me and it's told like other than Chelsea and a couple other families, um, it, and hopefully it'll become to the point where I don't even know people's names that just everyone's <laughs> yeah. coming forward and, and I can't remember who I've talked to and who hasn't and who has. <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on and, and is there anything else that you want to talk about or, or questions for me or anything? I have one question for you and that is how do you feel about the word coin filter? Do you have an issue with that name? Would you rather it be just XXY? No, I've, I mean, I've, I've never, you know, there's a big old, I I know there's a bunch of stuff on the internet where people and groups and stuff are saying, well, we let's change the name or let's do this or let's do that. And, and it's like, to me, it's, it's, let's focus on the similarities we all have instead of focusing on the differences. And that's one, one of the reasons why I started this. Cause I, when I went into all those groups, I noticed everyone was constantly focused on, well, you do, you're this way and I'm not that way. It's like, well, what do you have in common? No one's asking that. So I think it's medically, it is what it is. And, and the more that we try to make, make it, the, the more that we try to make it, um, uh, like, the more complex we try to make it within our own community, the more complex it is for others to understand what it is out in public. And that's something that we can worry about when millions of people all over the world are learning about what XXY is in school textbooks and doctors are learning correct information, right? Like we can change, we can change all that stuff when millions of people are under, like understand it, you know, now one thing at a time. Exactly. Now, when you told your friends or when you tell other people, I'd say probably 99% of them have been like, Oh, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. Exactly. Yep. So we can, Um, we can worry about that in the future. So we also just need to ask the community what kind of content they want on TikTok. Give me some ideas. What? Okay. Coming from a mother. I mean, I think, I think you just, just rolling with, you've done a great job, right? Like, and, um, I'm going to come to Texas and we're going to make a YouTube video one day. Cause, cause YouTube's yeah. where it's at too. And, um, I would just say, continue doing what you're doing, like sharing mm-hmm. your son talking. I love how you made the video of, of where you were like, you, you did that kind of like splice of his pregnancy or your pregnancy and then mm-hmm. ultrasound. And the then ultrasound. You, yeah, like that was really cool. Just keep, just roll with whatever, you know? And okay. I think one of the big things with the adults that I'm trying to educate on is, you know, fertility is, is a thing within our community. And mm-hmm. when you look at male infertility, it's doctors and women talking about male infertility. No, there's very few men that are talking about what it's like to be infertile. But when you look at female fertility, infertility, it's a very big thing on social media. So absolutely, you're kind of, yep. you're kind of like the new mom, right? You're, you're, you might be want, like, there, there's a couple other moms on TikTok. So there's probably like a handful of 10 or 15 moms. Just go mm-hmm. with it. Right. Like, yep. you know, just start whatever and, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. 
Okay, I will. You know, and share share the you know just as just sharing the positives is also great, but sharing some of those terrible two moments or you know <laughs> just that he's like you you and then I'll let you go. But you you mentioned like terrible twos, and one of the things that you probably get too is what's Kleinfelder syndrome and what's not. And there's a lot of people online trying to associate every single issue with with what Kleinfelder syndrome is or isn't. And so your son is two. He's going through terrible twos. Is it Kleinfelder syndrome or is it just terrible twos? Right? Like terrible twos. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the other things that getting people kind of, we, we know that there's a lot, there's a big spectrum within Kleinfelder syndrome and I'm not discrediting that at all. And there's no, there's so much little research, but the research can t- change if we all like kind of come out of those shadows and, and come together as a community and raise that much. Be the needed, research. Yep, exactly. Because yeah. one yeah. day we will. We, one day we, when we have millions of dollars, we will be the ones telling the researchers what we want studied. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story and I'm so oh, excited. Hey, no problem. So thank you well, so much. For- Thanks for visiting and thanks for everything that you're doing and, and everything you've done for us personally. Um, we're just super grateful. Well, it's going to be incredible to see, you know, other mothers in the future say, Oh, I, I met, I heard this Angela lady talking about her son or I saw this TikTok, and, and you know, <laughs> who knows what the future will hold. Well, we'll just have to see. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks Ryan. Bye. Bye. 